0: that's what we're going to do today. We're going to challenge some assumptions. Why not big money? What assumptions are we making about it? Welcome to Real You Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast, this is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here, let's do this thing. Welcome to Real You Real Money. I have got quite the, let's call it an exploration for you today. Because there's a phrase that I've been hanging out with that I just wanted to chat through, get us thinking about some more. Because I think there's a lot of power in it. And the phrase is big money. I want you to notice, like from the very beginning of the episode, and I'll try to remember to check in at the end again, how that phrase makes you feel. I brought that very question to my Instagram stories a couple of weeks ago. And the responses were fascinating. The phrase came up because in, I think, Tammy Thomas, who was my guest a few episodes ago, she had mentioned it in a reel. We talked about it on the episode. And I brought that, that the phrase was just sitting with me. It was tapping away at my brain, almost asking me some questions. And so I wanted to ask people on stories. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I got the responses, I was like, okay, we need a bigger discussion about this. So the aim of today's episode is really to look at why a phrase like that for so many of us provokes that reaction. Because I'll be honest, I'm looking for people who, while it might not be the phrasing you'd use, And that's obviously a different situation. I want to be, I want people in my community to hear the phrase big money and be like, yes, please. Because as I, when I asked Tamu, I can't remember my exact question, but it was something like, why should we make big money? Or why should we care about big money, making big money? And she said, well, why not? And I want to look at some of the reasons that we will often think, well, here's why not. I wanted to talk about, firstly, before I get into anything else, I wanted to talk about the reactions that I got on Instagram stories. So, when I, what I basically asked is, like, don't look at what I'm about to say. So I then kind of talked a bit about my thoughts around the phrase. Don't look at anything I'm about to say. I just want your gut reaction to the phrase big money. And the responses fell into about three different camps. I had, on one hand, that's that it's exciting, like it feels full of possibility. Yeah, just like a general like, ooh, kind of reaction. Then the second reaction was, it feels imaginary. It feels unattainable. It feels out of reach. So like, it's a nice idea, but not for me, kind of feeling. And then the next one was more of the like, I don't like it camp. And some people, by the way, were were all three or like two of these or all three of these. But yeah, they, they were like, I don't I don't like it. And they were saying it felt bro markety, which is code in my view for it feels like something that lands in the domain of men. It feels too masculine. I'm using that phrase on purpose. It feels too American. Was an interesting one. Now I'm really aware. I wanted to talk about this, but I'm really aware that I have a lot of American listeners. So please take this with the spirit it's intended. Because I, I could ignore, have could have ignored that point. I could have not shared it. But for our non-US listeners, and maybe I don't know, maybe there's useful stuff in what I'm about to say for US people as well. Although I'm aware they know their culture better than I do, I think that it is very easy in the uk and and in europe and i've like ireland they call it getting notions so this idea of being getting ideas above your station in australia they talk about tall poppy syndrome and i think that's all part of a similar thing of like not getting too big for your boots not getting too bold and brash having some humility about you and i don't think like i know many many incredibly humble and gorgeous Americans. So this is not me saying I think this is more of the story that as people outside of America we've kind of like absorbed via Hollywood and various other things. But I think there is in the states certainly that through the way that we, like I said we've absorbed it. I'm not saying this is truth but but from a British point of view, a UK point of view, or maybe just a non-American western point of view, there is an ownership of ambition there is an ownership of possibility culturally in America that a lot of people British people are quite dismissive of and I think it's a real problem because there is this feeling of like don't get too big for your boots we are very self-deprecating in America in the UK and I think that's true in in other parts of Europe and possibly Australia too And we really value that. Like there's almost superiority in that, but it's a real problem. And I love a bit of self-deprecating humor. Don't get me wrong. I think there's space for it. But it's this idea that it is somehow not okay to own that you're going after big shit. That you do want big money. There's this idea that we've somehow got to, and I really see this getting in the way of people's businesses. I don't know if this is a purely British thing. I'm sure people in the States feel this and certainly elsewhere. But there's this feeling of like, we've got to want the thing, but also pretend we don't want it. We don't want to be seen to want it because we might seem desperate. And I think there is a cultural ease around... more so in the US than there is in the UK, certainly, of going after those things. And so when we dismiss big money as being something that's more culturally American, I, I think it's really important to look at what we're actually saying. Because I do think we're going to talk about this later in the episode, that owning the desire, owning the ambition for it matters. And I think learning to unravel our conditioning around that somehow not being okay really matters. And I think that could look a lot of different ways, right? It could look a bit like, who am I to have that money? Who am I to do that? But I think there is a layer when, you're, when your culture, as in your country's culture, is also side-eyeing. Like, mm-hmm, look at them. They think they're good. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I always think of when I was at school, it was one girl at school whose name I won't say, but she was so funny, like possibly one of the funniest people I've ever known. But she, she used to do this thing where when you were walking down the street, she would wolf whistle at you. And if you turned around, she'd be like, ah, you love yourself. <laughs> and you were like, oh, and I think our culture does that a lot. Like it kind of says like, you better be, you better go after this stuff. You better work hard. You, but you better like, and I think we have adopted a lot of that from the U S because obviously like, like I said, that dominance via all the movies and all of that stuff of that culture, but we we've, we've adopted that idea of being ambitious and working and we're still, we do not the Maybank holidays will tell you, we do not have the same kind of level of work, work, work that the States has, but. Lots of it has filtered through, and yet we still hold on to the part of our culture that's like, Uh, You love yourself. (laughs) Like when you turn around and look, like, (gasps) somebody like, you know, I hope that noise gets across what I'm trying to say. So there were three camps. That's exciting. It feels imaginary and unattainable. And then there was this, like, bit, this kind of rejection of the idea. Because it just didn't feel right. And people had various reasons for that. A couple of which I've already outlined. The other one was Big Pharma. So it's, which I take as, it's corrupt. It feels corrupt. It feels like, I would say, capitalism on steroids. You know, people over profits. Profits over people. (laughs) I always do that. Profits over people. That's what it feels like. So, I was so intrigued by the responses. It was very interesting to note that a lot of my clients had the more positive responses, not exclusively. And a lot of the more negative responses were people that hadn't worked with me. People I talked to in DMs mostly, a few names I didn't notice, but people that I chat to. But equally, I had a lot of interesting conversations with my clients who were like, oh, I had this response. But I think that might be because this isn't this. Or if they didn't ask that, I was able to be like, why do you think you're having that response? And then they investigated it. And one person in particular uncovered some stuff which is absolutely not mine to go into, but really uncovered some very deep reasons why she had such a visceral response to that phrase. And I think this is the thing. I always want to say this whenever I get the opportunity, wherever you think that you are having a silly response to something. Like it's silly that I think that. It's stupid, really. I don't know why I think like that. Nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, it's not a stupid response. I cannot tell you, and I literally cannot tell you, for the sake of my clients, how serious some of the things I have uncovered with clients have been in that space, like the most serious things that they have have realised why they're having a strong reaction to something around money. So it's never, ever silly or stupid. However, that doesn't mean that it's true either. Often we are running off of our subconscious. We're running off of that stuff, of those beliefs, of those experiences, of those Handed down stories, those second hand, third hand, fourth hand stories that we have absorbed over time. And that's one of the really big things in, in the courses that I run in Plenty and Real You, Real Money is that I teach you how to challenge your immediate assumptions around money. So it's beautiful with clients to watch how quickly they do that, like how they will go, Oh, I've had this reaction. That's interesting. Why am I doing that? Why have I thought like that? Because they are not, and you know, we all run on our programming as well. But when I ask them an explicit question like that, nine times out of 10, they're going to straight away be like, ooh, why is that happening? And they can answer it, by the way. Sometimes I'll ask them some questions, but often they're like, hmm, wait a minute. I wonder if it's because of this. And it's so beautiful to watch because that is going to just keep you in the flow of what you're actually doing, like it's going to allow you to access things in a far more pure way. And when I say pure way, I mean unhindered by all of the cl- like shit that gets put on things. They can just hear the phrase big money and go, Ooh, a lot of money sounds exciting, rather than all of the other parts. So that's what we're gonna do today. We're going to look at, we're gonna challenge some assumptions. Because what, like I said, or like Tammy said, why not big money? What assumptions are we making about it? So some of the assumptions that come up are things like, oh, to make big money, it'd be a lot of work, a lot of pushing, a lot of manipulating, a lot of offers, High prices, I'd be out of, I'd be uncomfortable with potentially. It's not for, and this, I've been talking about this for quite a bit, it's not for people like us. Now, if that thought comes up for you, it's not for people like me, and it might be quiet or it might be loud. I want to know what do you mean by people like you? Do you mean kind and generous people? Do you mean ethical people? Do you mean people with more energy than you, more consistent people? Do you mean more corporate-looking people, more, bus- more officially business-like people? Do you not even know why? It's just a sense. Oh, I don't think that's for me. Because maybe we, because we don't see it modeled, because you've never been in contact with somebody or you haven't been in contact with many people. It's just not something you, you considered. And I think sometimes because we've been told money is the only standard to measure success by. And I think because I think this is definitely true for me in pla- in spaces like this. I think because we're often being told we have to be a certain way to be accepted. When there starts to be a marketing message to me that you better make big money or your business is invalid or you are invalid or whatever. I just want to be like, fuck off. I'm not going to do it then like you can't tell me that, like a rebelliousness comes out in me. So maybe that happens for you. Like, oh, I'm so sick of this six, seven figure messaging. I'm just not going to do it. And that can kind of feel like get, like taking back control, right? It can feel, to me, that feels quite good to be like, oh, fuck off. Leave me alone. But, and I want to be really, really clear, this podcast episode is very much like if this, if big money speaks to you, this is for you. It doesn't have to. It really doesn't have to. But I want you to investigate it. I want you to investigate what, like, whether or not it does. So, yeah, what I can do in that situation, when it's like, oh, I have to do that, because that's what you're meant to do in order to be successful. Well, just go away. I'm not going to do it. What I can do in those situations, sometimes that serves me. Sometimes that's the perfect response. And sometimes what happens is I chuck out things I'd actually really like. That more than I would really like them that were meant for me. Because I can't see a way of doing it that doesn't look like the way I'm being told it has to look. And so I'll be like, well, I don't want that anyway, but I do. I do. So, yeah, we can dismiss it. And I think, especially because we're always being told what we have to be. And, and historically, and I've done quite a few podcast episodes on this, we struggle to connect with our desires as well because of our conditioning, you know, because of the ways that so many of our desires are drunk, dampened, shamed, uh, ignored all of that stuff it can feel a bit like you know there's so many ways in which we're told our worth is measured we don't get to first of all your worth is immeasurable it's already set so it's pointless to measure it because it's it's concrete and done anyway but also it, it can't be measured because it's infinite so it's all a bit weird but we're constantly being told that our worth is measured by our beauty, our perfection, our kindness, all those different things. And so, yeah, to say to us, ah, now, now that you've dealt with some of those things, now your worth is measured by how much money you're making. We are right to say, fuck off to that part. That's correct. No other answer. My worth is not measured by anything. Go away is the correct answer (laughs) in that situation. However, That does not negate a desire for big money, for more money. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. We don't have to kick out both. We can say, my worth is not measured by whether or not I achieve this and I want it. And I would like it. And it feels good to play in it. It feels good to allow myself to fully embody the possibility of this and so why why does it feel good to embody the possibility of it well again because we can because why not and because it's fun and because big so like there you do not have to desire money for any other reason other than desiring money because you you want to buy more clothes because you want to own a certain kind of house because you want to experience certain things because you want to support certain people or or create certain things for yourself and or just because you want a lot of money that's all fine and at the same time a people never want money just for money people never want anything for a for a concrete thing we all want things experiences all of it to create a certain feeling there is never a time that somebody just wants money for the sake of money that's not possible even if they're like i just want to hoard it all in my bank account well why because it feels safe to do it because it feels good to do it it's it cannot be just for the sake of the object It doesn't make any sense. So we never just want money for money. And even you going after money for the sake of money is world changing shit. And also because I know you're here. So I know that you want it for more reasons than just the sake of having it. And I think that's one of the things that happens when we hear a phrase like big money, we go, huh. But what if I just want it because I want it? So a load of obnoxiously fulfilled, this is one of my favorite phrases, a load of obnoxiously fulfilled women and other people left out of money making, making shit tons of money changes things, big things. So let's not dismiss the desire on site. We've been led to believe it's only there because of greed, because it proves our worth and on and on and on. I would argue your desire for big money has nothing to do with any of that that's the trick they play to make you not go after it they tell you you only want it because you're greedy you only want it because you can't have it i want never gets all of that stuff first of all we have been taught to believe or to exist as if too little is enough and it isn't. So for a lot of us, that desire for big money is actually a desire to be norm- like compensated at a very normal standard level. Like just because there's lots of people not making that much money does not mean that's okay. You know, like at lots of people, the vast majority of the population is not making enough money. That doesn't mean that we need to put ourselves in the place of the vast majority as if that's morally superior. It's not. It's not. And as entrepreneurs particularly, we have choice in this. You know, for people, and I don't think being an entrepreneur is the right fit for everybody. I don't think entrepreneurs are better people. I just think in lots of ways, this is its own podcast episode, but in lots of ways, I kind of wish... I was a better fit for a corporate environment like to just to go and be paid and like like not have that responsibility there's many glorious things about that I hate the narrative I hate it that somehow the special chosen ones are the entrepreneurs it's bullshit the whole point of everything in my view is that we are living as the fullest expressions of ourselves the whole world would be in a much better place if we did that. and for some people, the vast majority of people, probably the fullest expression of themselves is in a different is is in that more corporate when I say corporate role, I just mean employed role, employed role. And so there's nothing wrong with that. The whole point of all of this is that we live as our as the fullest expressions of ourselves. That's what it's all about. And so for many of us. That's what making big money is about. It's not about greed. It's not about measuring our worth. It's simply about being able to fully unfurl yourself, like stand up with a straight back, take up your space. And for many of you listening, that big money is a consequence of stepping into that space. It does not prove your worth. It can't. Money is an energy many of you are created to hold. And it holds power many of you are created to redistribute. I want you to know that you are safe hands for big money. That actually big money craves hands like yours. Hands willing to do the uncomfortable thing. Hands willing to do the uncomfortable work. Hands willing to let money flow through it, not hold on to it. That really, really matters. So, when I say the phrase big money, and so many of us very, very understandably recoil because of the weight of what that phrase holds, because of what's been done in the name of money, at the hands of money for so long. If we don't do the work to really unravel and uncover, How we can show up to to big money neutrally or passionately or excitedly. If we are always bracing ourselves for the harm it can cause, we leave that money in the hands of the people causing the harm. And so it really, really matters. It really fucking matters that we uncover, that we look at this. And it doesn't have to be big money as a phrase. It's okay to call it something else. But there is no reason, and I hope you hear me when I say this, there is no reason, there is no, you are not the kind of person for money. That doesn't exist. It exists in terms of how it's perpetuated by people in power. But in terms of how money thinks of it, in terms of what's actually available, that's not a thing. And so, our, and this is why, there's many reasons I talk about conditioning so much, but I honestly do believe the vast majority of things holding us back from living as our, the fullest expressions of ourselves, as people who are compensated properly, sustainably. Gloriously for doing that work, for doing our work that way. I do think it's super important that we own the possibility and probability of making large sums of money alongside that. I think it really does matter. I don't want you to let, so I know what's going to happen now. I want you to allow. The possibility of this in, if this has spoken to you, and if you're like, oh, I've said this many, 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 many times. One of my first inklings of the business that I built, this being my second, like proper business that actually got out the gates, was I feel like I'm meant to make a lot of money. I feel like I'm meant to make a lot of money, and I don't know how, and I don't really know why. I just have a sense of it and I'm going to follow. that. I think I, the possibility had been opened up to me by other people I was seeing. And I was like, I think I want that. And I think I want that on a level that is beyond, oh, that would be nice. It felt deeper than that. But what can happen? So if that's you, listen to it, hold it in your hands, like really, really allow it to sit with you. And please, please, please don't let the how, or a lack of knowledge around the how, kill it. And the example I wanted to use for this was, I always had a plan to settle down with a really lovely beardy man. That was my plan. For me, it was was marriage. I don't think it would be marriage now. But when I was younger, it was absolutely about marriage. I wanted to marry a lovely beardy man, always the beard as well, very important. That's still a non-negotiable. And I didn't let, not knowing how I'd meet him, or where or when stop me from holding on to that possibility? Stop me from saying yes to various dates and people and blah, 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 blah. The first step is opening yourself up to big money, knowing that it's possible for you, investing in ways that speak to that possibility as well, not recoiling. And it can be so hard. It does feel quite pukey often when we invest. It certainly does for me, but not recoiling from it. But opening ourselves up to those big possibilities. Everything else will adjust around that. So start with, I think I want this, even if, or I know I want this, even if you cannot see right now how it's going to happen, that doesn't matter, that does not matter, there is, I can't remember whose quote it is, but there is a quote that's like, the how kills so many dreams, it really, really does, so many desires, so many, like I can't be inevitable if it can be killed, but it's almost like we're on a track for a thing and we take ourselves off the track when we start really getting our head in that how, how will reveal itself. And if you wanna be doing this big money thing, this real you, real money and really by the way that's what i mean by real money. I mean big money and you get to decide what big money looks like for you and in my experience it will grow and change over time as well. What was big money to me at one stage is no longer big money to me. But if you want to explore this, if you want to explore making money, making big money, making real money, the real you way, where you build a business that honours who you are and loves on who you are and really, really showcases who you are, allows you to connect with your clients and your customers in just beautifully, genuine, trusting ways, then real you, real money, the mastermind could absolutely be the place for you. If you've got even an inkling, it could be a good step for you, the next step for you. Your next step is actually to book a call with me and let's just talk about it. Never any pressure. I'll always be honest with you, but I am assembling the most glorious group of people and I know some of you listening are exactly the right fit for that and I would love, love, love to have you join me. All right, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.